Thanks for joining us on the Forward Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Justin with an awesome message titled, Victory is Mine. Today, God, God, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers. God, I prayed that prayer because I don't want God. I have a promise in your word, God, that it will not return void. God, let the seed of your word that scattered in the house this morning, let it fall upon fertile soil, God, and let it produce everlasting spiritual fruit in the lives of this congregation, God. And Lord, my prayer also every single Sunday is not a single one of us, God, would leave here today the same way we walked in. And I'll be quick to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for everything that's accomplished in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Somebody say it again. Victory's mine. High five two or three people and say, get ready. How many of y'all know life is a fight? Some of y'all may not be experiencing the same things that I experience in life where I would have got a, a different type of response like that right, right there. But how many of y'all know life is a fight? We face battles in life and you have to learn how to fight if you're going to fight and win. You have to learn how to fight. If we don't know how to fight, spiritually speaking, then you're not going to win. I don't get any amens right there because we don't like to hear that. We like to hear that, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to win, everything's going to be okay. We like, even, even in our temptation and in our weaknesses and in our oppression, what we prefer and what we've been taught today in society and even, even academia and, and in the secular world and in the universities around the world, they're teaching to just comfort people in their anxiety. Confirm people in their confusion. Make them feel comfortable in their addiction, in their stronghold, in their whatever the case may be. That's what we're taught today. But I'm taught something different in the Word of God. I'm taught to fight, fight temptation, fight against strongholds. And see, we've got to learn not only to fight, but we've got to learn how to fight if we're going to fight and win. When you fight in the spirit realm... And really all struggle in spirit, is spiritual in nature. If you think about it, a lot of uh, uh, many struggles that we face today can be traced back to some type of spiritual need in our life. And so all struggle really is spiritual in nature. So you have to know how to fight using the Word of God. The Word of God is really the only offensive weapon that we have. The word, the word of God is called the what? Sword of the Spirit. And see, how we fight our battles determines whether or not we're going to be victorious. If you fight your battles using worldly systems and worldly thinking, then you will reap the fruit of this world. And the fruit of this world leads to bondage. And bondage leads to sin. And sin leads to death. In this world, the Bible says that the, that, that the, the very enemy who is, who is, who is roaming this, this world, he's out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that we can have life and that we can have life everlasting. And I'm come by to tell somebody today, he's given you everything you need to fight. And he's given you everything you need in order to be victorious. Give him praise. Amen. 
I ran across a quote this week and it says, Sin will keep you from the Bible, but the Bible has the power to keep you from sin. One of the greatest tricks of the enemy today is to get you to be so busy that you don't read the Bible. I feel like saying that again. And I'm going to say something right here that maybe not a lot of you agree with. And, and, and you don't have to agree with everything I say. But here's the thing. I, I'm of the opinion, based upon my experiences over this past several months, that in part, busyness in and of itself is a, is a sin. You don't have to agree with that statement. But when we're so busy that we're not taking time... To consume the word of God. The very thing, the very bread of life, the very, the very thing, the sword that, that gives you the power, that gives you the, the authority, that gives you every tool you need to be a victor in this life and in temptation when we're not taking, see that's the, that's the tool, that's the, that's the trick of the enemy is to get us to be so busy in life that we say we don't have time for this. And if I could just be bold this morning, we have time for what we make time for. In this text, Jesus is being tempted and he combats every temptation with scripture. Jesus teaches us as Christians, we are as Christians to be Christ-like. And Jesus shows us an example of how to fight against temptation. Jesus uses scripture to combat temptation. As a matter of fact, on all three occasions, Jesus countered the temptation by quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. And in fact, from the restricted area in Deuteronomy between chapter 6, verse 13, and chapter 8, verse 3. He quoted scripture within the confines of those two chapters in the Old Testament. And I want you to understand something. Get this. These are chapters that refer to the wilderness experiences of Israel, the people of God. Now, I want you to see the parallel here. Israel in the wilderness being tempted by the things of the world. Being tempted by the desires of the flesh. Complaining about this and complaining about that. And, and being tempted with idol worship. Being tempted with, with hunger and complaining about the manna from, I mean, you know, manna's falling from heaven and they're complaining. And then Jesus being baptized and full of the Spirit. Now driven into a place called the what? Wilderness. And you see these parallels right here taking place. And I want you to understand what's so awesome. Every mistake and every opportunity that was, that, was, that was a fail for the people of Israel in the wilderness in Deuteronomy, Jesus overcame it, conquered it, and won the victory over death, hell, and the grave. And Satan himself right here as he was tempted with some of the very same things. Satan began with Jesus' hunger and he went on to raise a doubt as to his divine sonship. And it's just like the enemy wants God, the Holy Spirit, speaks something over your life and the enemy is moment, the moment you walk out the doors. That wouldn't God. That ain't really what he meant. 
and doubt sets in. And the enemy tried to get Jesus to, to doubt his sonship. Jesus had just heard a voice from heaven calling him son. And then Satan suggests that he verify it. Show me proof. And by the enemy even suggesting that Jesus should verify it, shows that Satan is trying to get Jesus to doubt his very authority and his very place as the son of the living God. Satan suggests that he verify his sonship by turning a stone into bread. The problem here for Jesus was to know whether the voice that he now hears come from the same source as the heavenly voice that he heard earlier. Now I want you to understand something right here because many times in life, a lot of things that we face in life, the, the biggest question is, God, the thing that I'm facing right now, is it from you or is it from the enemy? Is it, and I don't know that I, maybe I'm just preaching to myself this morning. But I've gone through seasons, and I'm talking about seasons that I've gone through recently. I'm like, God, are, are you bringing me through this to teach me something? Because here's, here's something that I read in my study Bible this morning. To be tempted from the divine standpoint, meaning to be tempted by God, or sometimes God brings you through a season of what? Testing. To be tempted from the divine standpoint means a positive test. From the devil's standpoint, it implies enticement to sin. From Jesus' standpoint, it is a challenge from Satan to test God's sovereignty and plan. And that's the million-dollar question that we face as believers. Why am I going through what I'm going through? The voice that I'm hearing right now, is it your voice or is it the enemy's voice? It might be, God, is this a test or is this a, a temptation to sin? And the answer is found, Jesus' answer came from the Bible. Deuteronomy 8 and 3. What does not agree with Scripture does not come from God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Can I tell you all the more reason to hide, David said this, hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If it's not in here, then it's not from God. Then the devil took Jesus up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. And tempted him with giving him all of it and its glory if Jesus would just worship him. See, that's what the enemy really desires. The enemy desires, that has been his M.O. from the very beginning of creation. He desires worship. And I don't have time to get into all of that, but... Looking at this text and what it really means and what all that that implies, this means right here that the enemy was tempting Jesus and Jesus saw, Jesus saw the possibility of setting up a kingdom that would be mightier far than that of the Romans. People expected Jesus to come and set up a kingdom, an earthly kingdom, 
overthrow the Roman government and, 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 and restore the Jewish people back into their right authority and place in the physical land that they were to possess. And in Jesus' mind, put, I know it's difficult, and I don't want you to take this statement the wrong way, but try to put yourself in that position. People have these expectations. Well, here's a way I can, I can give them what they want. How many times are you tempted in life through other people's expectations and then the enemy puts it right in front of your face and you think, oh, wow, well, here's just the easy way to give the, everybody else what they are expecting of me. But can I tell you that Jesus, this was, and, and, and let me get to this point. It's not difficult to see how such a vision might be regarded as a legitimate aim. Jesus could have used the excuse, well, this temptation is legitimate. This is actually part of the reason why I've actually come to, 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 to set up a kingdom. It would mean government concerned only with the genuine welfare of the people and the way would be open for much good. I can do good with this. I told myself I wasn't going to take this jacket off this morning because I got a short sleeve button-up shirt on and I think short sleeve button-up shirts look weird tucked in. <laughs> but it's hot up here. This is good. This is a good thing. And a lot of times the enemy will place what you feel like is a good thing right in front of you. And say, look, this ain't this what you want? Isn't this what you've worked so hard for? You deserve this. Oh, if anyone deserves this, you deserve this. But listen to this. This meant compromise. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He don't have to get you to, 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 to fall all in one fell swoop. But if he can just get you to compromise, little by little. See, this meant compromise. It meant using the world's methods. For Jesus, it meant using the world's methods. It meant casting out devils by Beelzebub. It meant using the authority delegated by Satan to cast out Satan. It meant... For Jesus, it meant turning his back on his calling. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I've been tempted to turn my back on my calling because of the weight of the calling of being a lead pastor. But the temptation is just the same for every single one of you too. Because God's got a calling on your life. You might not be called to be a pastor, but you've been called to make disciples. You've been called to, to, to die to self. You've been called to, to pick up the cross and to follow him. And every single one of us has a calling in this life. Your calling might not look like my calling, but I'm going to tell you something this morning. 
the enemy may be the may be, the enemy may be enticing you to say, you know what, I, I can't do this. This is too hard. This is too much. You know what? I, I just want to. He's giving me what I want. It's just right here. All I got to do is just bow down, and I maybe I have to just compromise right here. But that's not that big of a deal. What if I what if I give into the world's ways just a little bit here and there? What if I just give into the world system a little bit and the world's thinking? What what if I just go there? What if and I'm trying not to preach on hand sins this morning. I'm trying to preach on the heart. If y'all could just help me fill in the blanks this morning. What you know? What if I just take a little bit of? What if I just take a sip here and there? What if I just take a drag here and there? It's just chewing tobacco. It ain't really that big of a deal. You know, but, but, but your body is just sitting there and, 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 and you're longing it because, you know, you want to fit in with, and I know I'm preaching sounding like a youth pastor this morning, but you know what? I've talked to a bunch of grown men who's had this temptation of fitting in with the crowd at work, but God didn't call you to fit into the world system. God called you to stand out and to be a testimony for the... I need to calm down. Jesus said his kingdom was a different kind. His kingdom wasn't of this world. He had already identified himself with the sinners he came to save. This meant the lowly path. This, this, this was, a, this was a, a path of humility, not earthly glory. It meant a cross. Not a crown. And the world's going to offer you crowns. And the world's going to offer you titles. And the world's going to offer you everything. And it'll make it look so good if you'll just compromise. If you'll just bow down and worship the system. And I'm trying not to preach hard this morning. But I'm going to tell you, we're living in the last days, church. And some of us need to have spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church this morning. There's coming a day and an hour where we're going to have to choose. We're going to have to... Lord, I can't say what I want to say. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We're going to have to pee or get off the pot. Come on, somebody. Because the time, and if that offends you, I'm sorry. But here's the thing. We got to get serious about this thing we call a relationship with Jesus Christ because the days are getting more evil and the divide is getting more greater. And no longer can the church just straddle the middle and, and say, oh, I'm following Jesus. No, the divide, the evil is becoming and the darkness is becoming so dark that you can't just stay in the middle and call yourself in the light. The Bible says light and darkness can't coexist. But I'm gonna get, I got news for somebody this morning where light and darkness is, light always wins. Light always prevails. Jesus is greater. Jesus is stronger to look for earthly sovereignty was to worship wickedness and Jesus decisively renounced it and that's what we have to do without even thinking if you let your mind go there for a second once again he appealed to the Bible Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13 pointing out that the worship of God is exclusive worship. Man shall, not, man shall worship God alone. And we fail to remember that sometimes in, 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 in the 21st century that we live in. That we think we can divide our worship among two different kingdoms. We think we can divide our worship between the kingdom of this world and, and the kingdom of heaven. But I'm going to tell you, you can't serve two masters. None other than he 
Jesus Christ is to be worshipped. And here's my main point today. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this. This is it. Never forget this. The battle, the battle. We're talking about victory is mine. And if there can't be victory without what? A battle. That goes without saying. The battle was won by Jesus on the cross. The only power the devil has in your life is the power you give him. Here's the thing. I'm not finished yet. One more sentence and then you can give him praise. Victory is your inheritance as a child of God. Now go ahead and give him praise. Victory was purchased and won on the cross of Jesus Christ. The only power the devil has in your life is the power that you give him. And I've come by to tell somebody, as a child of God, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And greater is he that's within you than he that is of this world. And victory is your inheritance as a child of the Most High King. Come on, take a 30-second praise break in the house. God, I praise you, Father. God, I thank you, God, for the victory, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. See, the thing that keeps you from having what God says is yours is the lack of vision and the refusal to get up and walk by faith. The thing that will keep you out of what God says is your promised land is not the enemy all the time. Is your own lack of courage and faith to believe God is actually for you. The Bible says that without vision, the people. Victory is yours if you do not lose the faith. If you keep the vision in front of you. If you keep the, the, your eyes fixed on the author, the perfecter of your faith. And you don't look to the right, you don't look to the left, but you keep your eyes fixed straight forward. And you, you fight the fight of faith. And believe that God is actually for you. See, the problem has really never been the devil. The problem is when we become blind, we lose our vision and our ability to walk by faith. The Bible says walk by faith, not by now, Speaking of a, of a spiritual vision here. And the enemy wants you to focus on how hard it is. And the enemy wants you to focus on your circumstances. The enemy wants you to focus on, I've got the answer to all of this. For some of you, it's your marriage. For others, it could be a situation in your finances. Perhaps your past has never been fair and hardship has marked you at every turn. And this thinking becomes a stronghold where the enemy tempts you with thoughts like this. The past says nothing's going to change, so just give up because you're going to never win. And the enemy will throw your past in your face. He'll throw your mistakes in your face. He'll throw your shortcomings in your face. He'll tell you how insufficient you are. He'll tell you how good for nothing you are. He'll, he'll, he'll play back all the times in your mind of the times that you failed in the kingdom of God. But a thousand times I fail, still his mercy remains. And I've Come on, somebody, because his mercies. Let me tell you something. Here's the, here's, I call this the painful truth. A lot of preachers will share truth, but few share the painful truth. 
Let me tell you something. It's never easy to get a victory. A lot of people will tell you it's easy. The Bible never promised that we won't face struggles, that we won't face trials. The Bible never promised that we won't face temptation. Guess what? As a matter of fact, you're going to face trials. You're going to face tribulation. You're going to face struggles. You're going to face temptation in this world. If Jesus faced it, you better believe it. We're going to face it. You're going to be tempted. You're going to try, the enemy's going to try to entice you. And, and I'm, not, I'm not standing up here and, and going to speak a lie over you and tell you how easy it is. It's, it, it, it's not easy. I got nine minutes, so I'll say this. It don't matter how young, how old you are. We always talk about how young people give into temptation. Temptation is, is, is just as real and present at nine years old as it is at 90 years old. You're not exempt from temptation. There was a young pastor and an old pastor traveling together on a mission trip one time and they had a long plane ride. This young pastor in his 30s and the older pastor was in his 90s and he said, you know, I just got one question. When does it get easier? You know, I, the, the young pastor says, I see all these beautiful girls and beautiful women and, and you know what, this, this, this world just throws things in front of me and, and I try to stay true to my wife and I try to stay stay true to, to my relationship with Jesus Christ but, but pastor it just gets hard I just want to know when, when does it get easier and the pastor just looked him straight in the eye he says I don't know I'm only 90 <laughs> there's always going to be temptation but divine persistence is what is needed to find victory I've said it this way and I'm going to say it again. The only way you lose is if you throw in the towel. The only way you lose is if, if, if you give up. The only way you lose is if you, if you compromise. The only way you lose is if you just say, I've had it and you bow down to the enemy. That's the only way you lose. Divine persistence is what it takes to find victory. And I just want to say this. I'm going to have an altar call. And we're going to pray over some needs in the house. If you're facing temptation this morning and you need victory, that's what the altar call is about today. But can I give you just something practical before we do that this morning? And I don't want to, I don't want to hinder anything that, that God's trying to do in the house right now or wanting to do. But I just want to give you something practical, if that's okay. You know, it, it, we, sometimes we just need something practical to take away. Is that okay? Let me ask you a couple questions. How often do you sit down and read your Bible? Just, just I'm not trying to condemn you. Just ask yourself that. You ain't got to answer out. How often do you, do you just sit down, sit down and read your Bible? If you were to write your weekly time in the Word of God on a scale from 1 to 10, with 10 being daily and with great understanding and revelation and 1 meaning you, you rarely even open your Bible, what would your number be? What would your number be? On a scale from 1 to 10, get that number in your mind. 
Now let me ask you another question. What would it take to move that number to a 10? What would it take? Because really this is what I'm preaching on today. Jesus combated every temptation with the Word of God. And as Pentecostals and as Spirit-filled believers, we could come in here and I could shout and I could holler and I could sweat and I could spit and I could preach a good message. But if you don't take it and apply it to your life, if you don't take it and say, I've got to get it, I've got to make a commitment, I've got to make some changes in my life, I can't keep going like I'm going, I can't keep the busy schedule, I can't keep running at this pace and expecting to get victory in the spiritual realm, unless we make practical changes in our life to get time to get into this world, get in this word, we will never expect the victory. Victory is yours in here. He who is in Christ Jesus, seek first the kingdom of heaven. We want the fruit without the discipline or the practice. It's got to be a lifestyle. Everybody stand. God, I love you, Lord Jesus. God, I praise you, Father. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, I come before you right now, and I thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you, God, for the word that you've downloaded, God, into my spirit today, God. And I hope, God, that I've shared it, Father, in a way, God, that you would be pleased with, God. And all I can do is obey you, Father. At this point, God, at this moment, God, this is out of my hands. I can't, I can't force people, God, to make a decision. I can't force people, God. And I know your Holy Spirit's a gentleman, God. You're, you're not going to force anyone, God. We are free agents, God, to, to, to make decisions. And, God, we've got free will, Father. But, God, I pray your Holy Spirit would begin to convict and draw, God, so strong in this house this morning, God. God, that it would be so undeniable, Lord. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this house this morning, you can be honest with God and honest with this pastor, and you can say, Pastor, I'm facing temptation. The enemy's coming at me like a flood. It's coming at me in so many different ways. I've been tempted to, to compromise. I've been tempted in my... In my finances, I'm struggling with my faith. I'm struggling with my, with my family, with my marriage. There's so many things in my life that just seem like they're, they're, they're just in chaos this morning. I'm confused more now more than ever. I've come by to tell somebody this morning, God is not the author of confusion. But I'm here to tell you there is peace, there is joy, there is wholeness, there is freedom in the name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for today's message at Forward Church. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook or check us out at forwardchurchonline.com.